بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار In today's lesson we're going to look at belief in the hawd hawd is the drinking pool of the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and in the previous lesson we looked at belief in al-mizan al-mizan which are the scales the scales for every believer that will judge his deeds his scrolls his actions and so ibn taymiyah in this poetry which is ascribed to him he said wa uqirru bil mizan wal hawd alladhi arju bi anni min huriyan anhalu that i affirm belief in the mizan in the scales and the hawd this hawd which i hope that i will be able to quench my thirst by way of it meaning on yawmul qiyamah so the hawd is one of the affairs of belief in the unseen and inshallah ta'ala what we'll do in this lesson is we're going to mention the uh, proofs for belief in the hawd there are numerous ahadith in this regard uh, which were reported by a very large number of the sahaba they reached the level of tawatur meaning they are reported so frequently from the sahaba radiyallahu anhum so from those narrations is the hadith from usaid bin khudair radiyallahu anhu who said that a man from the ansar he said to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi that will you not employ me or use me for a matter in which you have used so and so person for a matter meaning the messenger sallam he put a certain person in charge of something and employed him for a certain thing or used him for a certain thing and so this companion he asked the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to do the same thing for him so the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said in response satalqawna ba'di athara satalqawna ba'di athara which means that after me after my passing away you will experience and he used this word called athara athara what this is referring to is that the rulers who will come they will look after their own interests and they won't fulfill the rights of the people they'll fulfill their own interest they'll fulfill their own rights or they'll want their own rights <coughs> and uh, they will fall short in fulfilling the rights of the people and they will give themselves like a self preference So the messenger said satalqawna ba'di athara that this is what you will face after me then he said fasbiru have patience be patient hatta talqawni ghadan ala alhawd have patience up until you meet me tomorrow at the hawd at the hawd at the drinking pool 
And so by tomorrow, when you meet me tomorrow, he means Yawmul Qiyamah. He means Yawmul Qiyamah. And in fact, in this hadith, as a, as a side point, uh, because the, the, the evidence in this hadith is that the Messenger <coughs> he mentioned the Hawd. But as a side point, we see here that the Messenger he commanded having patience until when? Until the meeting at the Hawd. And the meeting at the Hawd is on Yawmul Qiyamah. Which means that the command to having patience in the face of this thing that will be experienced, not just by the Sahaba, but by everybody after the Sahaba. This is one of the benefits from the Hadith. Meaning, this thing whereby the rulers, that they will have monopolies and prefer themselves and demand their own rights and fall short in fulfilling the rights of the people and so on and so forth. That this is something that, that will arise and be and be present. And the Messenger of Allah he commanded or he ordered patience up until you meet me at the Hawd. We have another hadith reported by Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, Yaridu aliyal hawda nasun min ashabi hatta idha ra'aytuhum wa araftuhum ukhtuliju so that he mentions that there will come a people who will pass by the Hawd. They will be from my companions, my associates. Until when I see them, I will recognize them. But then they will be taken away from me. So I will say, oh my Lord, my companions, my companions. And it will be said, إِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي مَا أَحْدَثُوا بَعْدَكَ Indeed, you do not know what they invented or innovated after you. This hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari. Inshallah, we'll come to the meaning and explanation of this hadith a little later in the lesson. Likewise, we see in the hadith of Jabir bin Samurah, رضي الله عنه, from the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he said, أَلَا إِنِّي فَرَطٌ لَكُمْ عَلَى الْحَوْدِ أَلَا إِنِّي فَرَطٌ لَكُمْ عَلَى الْحَوْدِ This word فَرَطٌ, uh, what this means, the messenger said that indeed I will be a فَرَط to you with respect to the حَوْد. This word فَرَط means the one who precedes other people. The one who precedes other people, this word فَرَط. And so what it means here is that I will precede you at the hold, meaning I will be there first. I will be at the hold before any anybody else. And then he says, <laughs> He said that the distance between its two ends, the two ends of the, the hold, it is like what is between San'a, San'a in Yemen, to Ayla, mentioning a distance. And it is if its drinking vessels, the cups, are like the stars. Like the stars. Reported by Muslim. Likewise, something similar reported by Jundub bin Junada, who said that I heard the Prophet say, Which again means that I will precede you at the Hawd. And we have another hadith <coughs> reported by Khabab ibn al-Arat radiyallahu anhu 
And in this hadith, the messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, uh, he said to the people, this was uh, after the Salatul Dhuhr, and the messenger said to them, Isma'u, listen to me. Then they said, we are listening, Sami'na. Then he said it again, Isma'u, listen. And then they said again, Sami'na, we are listening. So then he said, so he got their attention in this way. Then he said, Innahu sayakunu alikum umura. Indeed, there will be rulers coming over you. فَلَا تُعِينُهُمْ فَلَا تُعِينُهُمْ فَلَا تُعِينُهُمْ عَلَى ظُلْمِهِمْ Do not support them or aid them in their oppression, in their tyranny. وَلَا تُصَدِّقُوهُمْ بِكَذِبِهِمْ Nor believe them in their lies. فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ أَعَانَهُمْ عَلَى ظُلْمِهِمْ وَصَدَّقَهُمْ بِكَذِبِهِمْ فَلَنْ يَرِدَ عَلِيَّ الْحَوْضَ For indeed, the one who supports them and aids them in their oppression, and the one who believes them in their lie, then he shall not pass by the hawd. He shall not pass by the hawd. Reported by Ahmed. And then we have another lengthier hadith, from Abdullah bin Zaid. And this, I'll mention the background to the, to the, to the hadith. This is when the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he, in, in the battle of Hunayn, when they were victorious in the battle of Hunayn, and then they were distributing the booty, the spoils of war. And so he gave some things to a certain group of people because he wanted to incline their hearts and strengthen their hearts. So this reached the Ansar, and it reached them, that the Messenger he was giving out the booty. So they wanted and wished that they should get something what the people received. So the Messenger, messenger of Allah he stood up and he praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he extolled Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he gave the sermon to the, to the, to the Ansar, to the people. So he said to them, O Ansar, did I not find you astray? And then Allah guided you by way of me. And did I not find you in poverty? You were destitute in poverty. And then Allah enriched you by way of me. And were you not divided and separated and split? And then Allah united you all by way of me. So he mentioned these three things to the Ansar. These three things, these three uh, great favors that they received Misguided Then they were guided They were in poverty Then they were enriched And they were split and divided Then Allah brought their hearts together So They said Yes indeed They said yes indeed And then The messenger of Allah He said will you not, res- will you not respond to me Will you not respond to me They said of course, we will. We will respond. We will respond to you. So, they said. So then, the messenger of Allah he said to them, he said to them that that uh, he said um, he said, would you be pleased? Are you pleased, or would you be pleased that the people leave with the with 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 the camels? 
and with the with the flock, meaning what, what the messenger he distributed of the booty, he gave some people camels, he gave some people uh, sheep, he gave some people this and that and whatever. So he said to them, "Are you pleased that the people leave with camels and and sheep and so on and so forth, and you leave with the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam?" So he said. In other words, he's saying to them, look, the people are leaving with these material possessions. That's what they've left with. Is that what you want? Do you want to leave with these material possessions? Or do you prefer that you leave with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Is that better? And then he said that the Ansar, the Ansar, that they are like an emblem. They are like an emblem. And if it wasn't for the Hijrah, if it wasn't for me making the Hijrah, I would be a man from the Ansar. And he said, if the people were to go through a valley, then I would go to the valley of the Ansar. I would go to the valley of the Ansar. Meaning, he's showing how much he likes the, the Ansar, or what a position and status the Ansar have. And that the Ansar should prefer the company of the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, rather than the material possessions which he's given to other, other people. In other, in other words, in order to strengthen them and incline their hearts and so on and so forth. But the Ansar are not in, not in need of this. So then after all of this, after, after mentioning all of this, he then said to the Ansar, إِنَّكُمْ سَتَلْقَوْنَ بَعْدِي أَثَرَةِ فَاسْبِرُوا حَتَّى تَلْقَوْنِي عَلَى الْحَوْدِ The same hadith that we mentioned earlier on. So the background to this hadith, it tells you something more. He's saying to the Ansar, have patience, have patience. Because you will face this athara. Meaning you will feel as if you are being, um, that you are being uh, underprivileged. I mean, you see from the rulers that they are not fulfilling your rights. They are looking after their self-interests. You will not be favored materially. The rulers will favor themselves. And you will come across and experience this. So have patience up until you meet me at the hold. So these are a selection of a hadith from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah he said Al-Hawd al-Mawrud li Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wasallam this Hawd that will be passed by or that, that will be given to the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam ma'uhu ashaddu biyadan min al-laban it's, it's, it's water is more intensely white than milk. And it is more sweet than honey. And its drinking vessels are like the numbers of the stars in the sky. Its breadth, its length is a month's journey. Its breadth is a month's journey. Whoever drinks from it, then he will drink, uh, he, will, he will have a, a sip of it, he will never be thirsty ever again after that. So, now this Hawd, there are a number of issues uh, regarding this belief in the Hawd, and we'll take uh, numerous benefits in this regard. So, the first benefit is that be the belief in the Hawd is a matter of the unseen, something that we cannot see. And the affairs of the, in the unseen, then they take on the ruling that we see right at the beginning of the Qur'an, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions from the very first qualities of the muttaqeen. He says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ الْإِفْلَامِيمِ ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رِبَ فِيهِ 
Hudan lil muttaqin. Alif Lamim, this is the book in which there is no doubt. It is guidance for the muttaqin. The muttaqin. The first quality mentioned about the muttaqin is, he says, Alladina yu'minuna bil ghaib. They believe in the unseen. This is the very first quality mentioned about the muttaqin, for whom the book is a guidance. And so this principle applies to everything which we have been informed of, but we cannot directly perceive with the senses. We cannot see with our eyes, we cannot hear with our ears, we cannot taste, we cannot sense. Then we, be, we believe in that. And this is the most, the most unique special qualities of the people of Iman. Also, the second thing is that, as you've seen from these ahadith, this is only a small selection of the ahadith, but we find that there are perhaps around 50 companions who have narrated something regarding the hawd, belief in the hawd, about 50 companions. So this means that this is, it has reached the level of tawatur, Tawatur meaning reported by so many companions and passed on successively and narrated in each generation by so many people that it is extremely uh, strong and very difficult to, to reject. And some of the people of knowledge say that even about 80 companions have actually narrated something in this regard with respect to the uh, help. Now the third thing is that there are numerous groups of the innovators from the Khawarij, from the Rafida, Rafida Shia, and the Mu'tazila, they have denied either in part or in whole this belief in the uh, the Hawd, this belief in the Hawd. So the first thing then, so these are just three uh, initial points that, that, that we mentioned here, that the this is a belief of the unseen, firstly. Secondly, that it is something reported in mutawatir form, it is tawatur. And thirdly, it is denied and rejected by certain groups of the people of innovation. So now after this, there are numerous issues that we, that we want to mention regarding uh, the Hawd. The first of them is that this Hawd is indicated by way of the Qur'an. Its proof is found in the Qur'an and also by way of the Sunnah. We mentioned many evidences from the Sunnah, but there is an evidence in the Qur'an according to some of the people of knowledge. And that evidence is Suratul Kawthar. Surah Al-Kawthar, إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرِ فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ إِنَّ شَانِئَكَ هُوَ الْأَبْتَرِ Indeed, we have given you Al-Kawthar. We have given you Al-Kawthar. So pray to your Lord and sacrifice. Indeed, your, uh, your enemy, your, your contender, he will be cut off. And we see that in the Sahih, that the Prophet he explained this word kawthar to mean the hawd that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to him. And in fact, there are numerous other explanations also given to this word al-kawthar in this, in this surah. And this is one of them, that it is the hawd. Others include that it is a river in paradise. It is in fact the name of a river that flows in paradise. And... Uh, but what we see that in the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallam, we see that this hawd has been established uh, by at least 50 companions it's, it's you know the number of companions who have reported it and that's why I say that's why we say that it is mutawatir in terms of naql and also in terms of ma'na in in the transmission and also in terms of the of the meaning as well 
So from the companions who narrated Abu Bakr, As-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu, Umar, Uthman, Ali, all of the, 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 the khulafa, and we see likewise from the fuqaha, from the jurists, the, the knowledgeable ones, from the sahaba, Ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah bin Abbas, Abdullah bin Abbas, and Abdullah bin Umar, Abu Dhar, and many others. So we see that the greatest and most noblest of the sahaba, uh, the most knowledgeable and the most virtuous ha- have narrated from the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we also see that some of these companions, they mentioned that they heard this often from the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa In other words, they said that this was something repeated by the Messenger over and over again, such that they were able to hear the Messenger say this numerous times to them. Which means that the Hawd has the something significant and important about belief in the Hawd that will become apparent to us, inshallah ta'ala, when we come, when we, as, as we proceed through the, through the discussion, inshallah ta'ala. Now this leads us to the second issue then. The second issue is the description of this Hawd. Because if the Hawd has been mentioned, then there are descriptions that we see in the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah which give us certain characteristics and qualities. So from these qualities is, as we've seen in, in a hadith, طوله شهر وعرضه شهر زواياه سواء. So in this hadith in the Sahih, we find that its length is a month's journey, and its breadth is a month's journey, and its corners are equal. Its corners are equal. Now what this indicates to us is that the Hawd is in the form of a square. It is the form of a square, based upon this description, because the breadth is equal to the length. Right, so the equal, we know this. And then we are told that its corners are equal. They're all equal. So this indicates that it, it is in the form of a uh, form of a square. And then we see that there are other narrations which differ in the extent of the distance. So some of those narrations they say it is between Al Madina and Al Maqdis, uh, meaning uh, Medina and Jerusalem. This is the length of one side of the Hawd. This is what some narrations say. Other narrations they say that it is between Medina and Amman, which is where we find uh, in, in present day Jordan. And some other narrations they say from Medina to Sana'a in Yemen. And yet other narrations say between Sana'a and Ayla, you know, both, both of which are in, are in Yemen. So we, we learn from this that the extent of the Hawd is that it is a huge distance. And when we see it mentioned a month's journey, it's referring to the month's journey by way of camel. By way of a camel, because that was what was known and understood in the language of the Arabs. When they say a day's journey or a month's journey, they mean by way of a camel. So in any case, we understand that the Hawd is huge in its extent, in its breadth and breadth and width and its length, and that it is in the form of a square. And so this is the first thing. The second thing is, where is this hold to be found? Where is its place? Where will this hold be found? This hold, its place is when the earth will be changed and the heavens will be changed. This is Yom Al-Qiyamah, because when when the heavens and earth are changed and altered, we will have 
a like a plain, an open plain, and where everybody will be present. It will it will be present somewhere in in this area. We see in the Quran, Allah says, "Yawma tubaddalul ardu ghair al ardi wasamawat." When the when the earth and the heavens will be changed to something else, right? So this something else, this is where the hold will be present. That's a second uh, description. Also, we see that the drinking vessels, we see that they have been described as if they are like the stars of the sky. It says, That is, drinking vessels are like, the star, are like the stars in the sky. Now, this resemblance to the stars is in two senses. There's two angles from which this resemblance has been made between the drinking vessels of the Hawd and the stars in the sky. The first angle is to indicate their abundance. So just like we see the abundance of the stars in the sky, many of which we cannot even see, then likewise the drinking vessels will be, will be abundant and plentiful. And this also indicates that the people will be at ease. There, will, there won't be any rush or congestion to try and drink from the Hawd, because the drinking vessels are so many, a person will be at ease in taking his drink. That's the first thing. This is the first meaning that we take from this statement, that the drinking vessels are like the stars in the sky. The second meaning is that the drinking vessels, they are like the stars, in the sense that they will have a type of, uh, like a type of light, and a type of glitter, and a type of illumination. Uh, this is how these vessels will be. They will be like the stars, like the stars which glitter and have an illumination. So these drinking vessels will be, will be likewise. So this is now a third description, the drinking vessels. The fourth description is, we see that its drinking water is more intensely white than milk. It is more intensely white than, than milk. Because we see in the hadith, Ma'uhu ashaddu bayadan min al-laban. That is appearance. And likewise, the taste, the taste of this water will be ahla min al-asal. It will, it will be sweeter than honey. Sweeter than honey. We find in another narration, Ma'uhu ashaddu bayadan min al-wariq which means silver. It is more intensely white than its silver. And as for its smell, we see in another narration, that its fragrance is like the fragrance of musk. It's like a fragrance, like the fragrance of uh, musk. And we see that in another narration, because as we said before, we said to you that the word Al-Kawthar, one of the explanations is that it refers to the Hawd of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. But we find in another narration, another hadith, the Messenger of he explained that Al-Kawthar is a river in paradise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to me. Now some of the scholars, they, they, they explain uh, the way to reconcile all of this is that in another narration we see that the kothar, that one of the descriptions of the of the Hawd is that there are two streams that come off from the kothar. 
right? So reconciling all of these narrations, what we understand is that there is a river in paradise called Al-Kawthar. And from that river comes the river from the, the water, which is the water of the Hawd. Right? This is the way that the scholars have generally reconciled the various narrations in this respect. So these are all of the firmly established descriptions of the Hawd. The Hawd, we know it's how big it is. We know the shape. We know where it is. We know what its drinking vessels are like. We know the, the, the intensity of the color of its water. The uh, fragrance of the water. The, the taste of the, of the water. And, you know, all of these are the things which are mentioned in the sunnah in terms of its descriptions. Now, the third issue that we uh, discuss about the Hawd is, when will the people pass by this Hawd? Is it before the Sirat or is it after the Sirat? Is it before we come to the, to the bridge of hellfire or is it after the bridge of the hellfire? Now, there are two views. Some of them say it is before... And some of them say it is afterwards. However, the most correct view, which is indicated in the evidences, is that the Hawd comes before the bridge over paradise. It is before the Sirat. And the evidence for this is because we see that in the ahadith that speak of the Hawd, there will be certain people who will be repelled away from the Hawd. The Messenger he will repel certain people and say, be off with you from the Hawd. Which means that if these people are being repelled and they are to be punished, then if they were to pass over the bridge over hellfire and they successfully pass over the bridge, it means that they are not people of hellfire. It means they are not people who have entered the hellfire. So if they've not entered the, if they've not entered the hellfire, then it doesn't make sense for them to receive a drink from the Hawd after being saved from the hellfire. When we know that the messenger of Allah he will repel a people from the Hawd to be entered into the, into, into the hellfire. So, so uh, this is an evidence the scholars used to show that the Hawd can only be before the passing over the bridge over the hellfire. Now, the scholars who say and establish that the Hawd is before the bridge over the hellfire, they then have another difference. They differ. They say, is the Hawd before the Mizan or after the Mizan? Is it before the weighing of the deeds or is it after the weighing of the deeds? And again, there are two views, but that which is the view of the majority of the scholars is that the drinking of the Hawd is before the Mizan, is before the weighing of the deeds. That it will be before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes for judging between the people and before the scrolls are given to the people. This is the Hawd, the Hawd comes first. So we have the Hawd, then we have the Mizan, then we have the Sirat, we have the passing over uh, the bridge. So, uh, the, there's a quotation here from Al-Qurtubi who says that the scholars have said that the people will come out from their graves, they will be thirsty when they are resurrected from their graves, and they will come and they will stand on the mawqif, 
meaning the, the, the plane, the altered heavens and the earth, when they've been changed, and there'll be a, a plane like an open, vast space, and they will be waiting there. And because of the length of waiting, they will become thirsty. And so it means that the people will be honored by way of the drinking pool of the Prophet ﷺ before the weighing of the deeds, before the mizan. A statement of Al-Qurtubi. Now we come to the fourth issue, and the fourth issue is what we heard in those ahadith at the very beginning, that there will be a certain number of people. There will be groups of people who will be expelled and repelled from the, 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 the hawd. We see in the hadith that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he said, Ya Rabbi, Ashabi, Ashabi. And we see that in another version of the, 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 the hadith, he said, Ya Rabbi, Usay Habi. Usay Habi. Usay Habi. This word Usay Hab is in the Arabic, it's like a, what we call a diminutive. It's like a. Uh, you know, like a minor form of, of, of a word. It's like a, a minor, shorter version of a word. It's like when we say a book, kitab, and then we say kutayyib, which means, you know, a, a small treatise, a small pamphlet. So, uh, instead of saying ashabi, he said usayhabi, which is like a, ma- a minor type of companionship. So, what is the meaning of this? How do we understand this? How do you understand this repelling away from the Hawd? Well, the Sheikh says, uh, we have the explanation here, uh, some uh, explanation from uh, Sheikh Salih al-Sheikh, he explains and says that, first of all, this repulsion, repelling away from the Hawd, there, there are two types. The first one is what we call the general repulsion, al-Dhud, al-Aam, the general repulsion, repulsion, and this is when the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he will repel people who are not from his ummah, a people who are not from the ummah of Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, from his hold, and this is because the hold of the Prophet sallam is unique only to his ummah. And this also indicates, as we see in another hadith, that every prophet will have a hawd. Every prophet will have a hawd. Inna likulli nabiyyin hawdun. That every prophet will have a hawd. So as the people, when they are resurrected, and they come, then the messenger of Allah Wasallam he will repel those people who are not from his ummah. Who are not from his ummah. And there are a number of benefits from this. First of all, that this is a mercy and a rahmah from the Messenger of Allah to his ummah in the sense that he that he wants that his hold is specific and unique to his ummah. This is the first point. And the second point and the second benefit is that we've as we mentioned that every Prophet will actually have a hold. And the Messenger of Allah he said uh, he he said he hoped that he will have the greater number of people on Yawmul Qiyamah. And this Hawd will have the greater number of, of, of people. And so for that reason, every Ummah, every nation will drink from the Hawd of its respective Prophet Ali, alayhimu salatu wasalam. And so therefore only those will remain for the Hawd of the Prophet 
those who are from this particular ummah, and therefore it will be seen, visually it will be seen, which ummah, which prophet has the greatest ummah, which prophet has the greatest following on Yawmul Qiyamah. So, this is the first type of repulsion. Now, the second type of repulsion, the uh, from from the hold of the Prophet this is unique to the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is mentioned in numerous ahadith. In some ahadith, it says, "Ya Rabbi, qawmi, qawmi, O my Lord, my nation, my nation." In some ahadith, it says, "Ashabi." My companions. And in some narrations it says, Usayhabi, Usayhabi. And when the messenger says this, it will be said to him, Innaka la tadri ma ahdathu ba'dak. Indeed, you do not know what they invented, what they innovated after you. And in another narration it says, Innahum lam yazalu murtaddina ala adbarihim. Indeed, you do not know how they have not ceased be, be becoming apostates, or, or sorry, uh, fleeing on their heels or turning on their heels after you after you left them. Now, all of these narrations, when we put them together, all of these narrations, he's speaking about his nation, ya qawmi, ya qawmi. He's speaking about his ashab companions, ashabi, ashabi. He's speaking about the Usayhabi. How do we understand all of these things? And the fact that it was said to him that those people innovated after you, some of them, and some of them turned on their back. Now, the scholars have given different explanations as to who these people are, based upon these different narrations. So, from the explanations is that those who turn back on their heels, it is referring to a very small number of those who were Sahaba. Outwardly they appeared to be Sahaba. But they became apostates. And they followed the false prophet, which is Musaylama, Musaylama al-Kadhab. They followed him, or some of the other people who claimed prophethood. And so they became apostates, and they were a very small number of people. In fact, these people were in fact not even really true believers, because they were from the desert Arabs, the Bedouins, who were concealing hypocrisy. They were concealing nifaq. And then when the Messenger of Allah passed away, then they went and they followed the false prophets, and they made apparent their nifaq. So these are the ones about whom it is said, that they turn back on their heels. And these people will be, will be uh, repelled. And of course they are a very small number of people. And that's why in the wording, the Messenger of Allah he said, Usay Habi. Usayhabi, my, you know, it's, it's like a diminutive form of the word ashabi. So this is the 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 uh, first explanation that it refers to those who turned apostate and left left the deen because they already had nifaq and outwardly they they they, they uh, manifested Islam. When the messenger passed away, they went with the Musaylimah and other people like that. Now the second saying is that those who will be repelled from the um, the Hawd are the actual hypocrites. The actual hypocrites in the time of the Prophet And this is because even though the Messenger of Allah he knew some of the names of the hypocrites, he did not know the names of all of the hypocrites. 
That's why in the Quran we see وَلَوْ نَشَاءُ لَأَرَيْنَاكَهُمْ فَلَعَرَفْتَهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ وَلَتَعْرِفَنَّهُمْ فِي لَحْنِ الْقَوْلِ Allah says that if, you, if we had wished, we would have shown them to you. You would have recognized them by their signs. And you would recognize them by the way, the softness and the gentleness in the way that they speak. So, what will happen is on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, these hypocrites will come along with the people of Iman. And the Messenger of Allah because he thought them to be believers, because he didn't know all of the hypocrites, he will think them to be from his Ummah. And then they will be repelled forcefully, and they will be taken to the fire. And then the Messenger will say, Ashabi, Ashabi. Because outwardly he thought them to be upon Iman, whereas they were upon Nifaq, upon hypocrisy. This is a second explanation. Now the third explanation of those who will be repelled are uh, that, the, that it refers to those who invented and innovated something into the deen of Islam after the messenger of Allah وسلم, or they altered and they changed the deen of Islam. So either they became apostates and they left Islam or by way of innovation. The innovations, the bid'ah, like the bid'ah of the rafidah and the bid'ah of the khawarij. And the bid'ah of the Sab'iyyah, the followers of Abdullah bin Sab'ah. Or the, you know, the bid'ahs of the, the I'tizal, the Mu'tazila, and so on and so forth. All of these are from the Muhdathat, from the newly invented affairs. And that's why we see in the hadith, in the one, in one version of the hadith, إِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي مَا أَحْدَثُوا بَعْدَكَ You do not know what things they invented after you. So, we see that all of these three things... These three explanations, they agree and come under what we find in the sunnah. It refers, number one, to the small group of people who followed the people like Musaylima al-Kadhab and other people like that. You know, who, those who became apostates. Secondly, it refers to the hypocrites in general. And thirdly, it refers to the various groups and the sects of innovation. The Khawarij, the Mu'tazila, the Rafida, and those who are similar to them who... who um, you know, who followed in their way. Now the scholars mention a fourth category. A fourth category. And this fourth category is every person who fabricated a lie against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his religion. He fabricates a lie in an affair of the religion. He tells a lie about the affair of the religion. And what indicates this is the hadith that we mentioned at the beginning, earlier on, the hadith in which it is men in which it was mentioned, Innahu Sayakunu Alikum Umara, that indeed there will be over you rulers. And this this can also mean leaders in terms of leaders of knowledge, meaning scholars or people like that. And he says, For man saddaqahum in this version of the hadith, for man saddaqahum bikadibihim, wa'anahum ala zulmihim, falisa minni, walastuminhu, walay yarida aliya al haud. This is another version of the hadith. Whoever believes them in their lies and supports them in their oppression, he is not from me and I am not from him, he will not pass over my hold. He will not pass over the hold. This means that anyone who believes in a lie against the religion, he supports a lie against the religion, then this person will also be repelled and held away from the from the hold of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So, we have four things then. We have those who turned apostate in the time of the who, who were present in the time of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu They were very small in number. They were already concealing nifaq and they went and followed Musaylim and people like that. Number two, the hypocrites in general, the munafikeen in general. Number three, the people of innovation, the sects which appeared, the Khawarij, the Rafida, the Mu'tazila, and you know so on and so forth as time passed by. And number four, the, every, anyone or anyone who lies about the religion or who believes lies regarding the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this leads us to the final issue and the final thing, which is, uh, which is, how can a person, now we understand that the hawd is a very serious affair. If every person imagines himself resurrected on Yawmul Qiyamah, standing and waiting in the intensity of the heat, in absolute terror and awe of waiting to be judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seeing his scrolls opened in front of him and seeing everything, the large and the small that he has done in this life, in awe and terror, he's waiting. Now a person has to think if he imagines himself in this situation and that there is something that will relieve him of this awe and terror and this extreme thirst that he will suffer. And this is the hawd of the Prophet then he has to think that he needs to drink. In this life he has to think that I need to drink from that hawd on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. I must drink from that hawd on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. No doubt every person must be thinking like this. He has to think like this. And so therefore the question arises, the question arises, what are the affairs that a Muslim can do in the life of this world to ensure absolutely that he will not be repelled from the hawd? And that he will drink from the hawd. So these are four things that a person can do in order to make sure that he drinks from the hawd. So the first of those things, the first of those things is that he is not someone who is a muhdith in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is not someone who innovates, invents, introduces things into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything that was not in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, of the various types of belief, of the various types of knowledge, these things he must absolutely reject. And he must not fall into them. And this shows that the affair of aqidah, the affair of belief, that a person must be upon that same aqidah that the companions of Allah's Messenger were upon in that time. Why? Because any other belief, the belief of the Rafida, the Khawarij, the Mu'tazila, the Jahmiya, the Ash'ariya, the Maturidiya, As-Salimiya, Karramiya, and we can go on and on and on and on up until this time and this day of ours, the Ikhwaniya, Tabligiya, Tahririya, and all of these different people who are present in, in, in our times, that he cannot be upon a belief that is innovated. Rather, he must be upon the belief, the Aqidah of the Sahaba, to make sure he does not enter into that statement in the hadith, إِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي مَا أَحْدَثُوا بَعْدَكَ Indeed, you do not know what they innovated after you. To be sure that he's not from that, you know, from that description in, in, in that hadith. So therefore, every, every believer, therefore, he must strive in order to 
preserve this great and mighty benefit on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, which is drinking from the hold of the Prophet which if a person drinks, he will never, ever, ever feel thirsty therein ever again. And remember, this is a day in which a person will experience the utmost extreme type of uh, what we call al-faza'. Al-faza' is a type of despair and, and, and awe and a person despairing and shock, like a type of utter sadness and grief. That this is something that a person does not want to want to face on Yom Al Qiyamah, and that's why in the Quran Allah says, لا يحزنهم الفزع الأكبر. لا يحزن لا يحزنهم الفزع الأكبر. Describing that the believers that الفزع الأكبر, meaning that this is the greatest type of grief and sadness that a person that a person will face when he knows he is doomed. When he realizes he is doomed for an eternity of punishment, this is the, 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 you know, the, the grief that a person will feel, it is unimaginable. And one of those things that relieve that grief and give uh, reassurance to a person is that he manages to drink from the hawd of the Prophet ﷺ. Therefore, this teaches us that our concern should be with tawheed, with understanding tawheed, and rooting Tawheed in our hearts, so that its effects take place in our actions. And likewise in Aqeedah, in the affairs of belief, and in the sound authentic religion, these are the signs that a person will not be repelled from the Hawd of the Prophet ﷺ. The second way that he ensures he's not repelled from the Hawd of the Prophet ﷺ, is that he purifies his heart, from any type of treachery, hatred, dislike, and aversion towards the best of this ummah, who are the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why is that? This is because a man will be with those whom he loves. A man will be with those whom he loves, as the Messenger said, "Anta ma'aman ahbabt." You will be with the one whom you love. And so when it is like this, then it is not possible for anyone because the Sahaba will be the ones who will be the foremost in drinking from the Hawd. As we shall see, that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he will give preference to the Ansar. There's in fact some ahadith which indicate that preference will be given to the Ansar in drinking from the Hawd. And so the Sahaba will be the ones who will be drinking from the Hawd. And a person will be with the one whom he loves. And so therefore, if a person, he has any hatred or rancor or aversion to the Sahaba, then he will be, you know, he will be, he will be repelled from the Hawd. For that reason, it is not permissible for anyone to revile or speak ill or to hate anyone from the Sahaba. Rather, he must, he must love all of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. And this is, is from the religion, to love the Sahaba, to love the Sahaba. To love the Ansar is a sign of Iman. And to hate them is a sign of nifaq, a sign of hypocrisy. So this is a second way that you ensure that you will not be repelled from the hawd, love of the sahaba radiallahu anhum. The third way is that you make sure that you are far, far away from lying against the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or in speaking about the religion of Allah without knowledge. This is from the great crimes, that you express an opinion or a view where you are really uttering 
a lie against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You do not know whether this is from the deen or not. But you speak about Allah's deen with ignorance. And, you know, and, and, and this really entails a lying against the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this enters into the fourth category we mentioned before. We said those on top of the, the those who turned apostate, on top of the hypocrites, on top of the innovators and, de- and deviants who innovate into the deen of Allah. And likewise the fourth one, those who tell lies about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the third way to keep away is to do not tell lies about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not speak about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge. Don't speak about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without, without knowledge. And nor believe those who speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge, who tell lies about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the innovators and deviants. So believing and accepting and taking the sayings of the innovators and deviants, that itself is something that will repel you from the hawd of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the muftari, the kathib, the one who lies, the one who fabricates a lie, against the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he will be the one who will also be repelled from the hawd of the Prophet So a person must avoid lying against the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth and final thing is that a person must avoid the major sins, the kabair, the major sins, the kabair, and persisting upon the major sins. Persisting upon the major sins. Why is this? This is because, this is because, if we go back to what the Messenger of Allah he said, he said, إِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي مَا أَحْدَثُوا بَعْدَكَ Indeed, you do not know what they innovated after you. Now, if we go back to the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and we see what was the situation in the time of the Sahaba, it was that whenever any of them fell into a sin, whenever they fell into a sin, major or minor, they immediately repented. They immediately made tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they never persisted upon a major sin. In other words, this was the way that it used to be in the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. That if, if a person fell into a major sin, immediate tawbah, and would never persist, knowingly persist upon the, 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 the major sin. However, after them, the situation changed. The situation changed, whereby major sin, there would be laxity with respect to the major sins. A man would commit a major sin, then he would delay the tawbah. The tawbah would be, would be delayed. And then there would be a return to the major sin, meaning that major sin would be, would be taken very lightly. So this is a type of innovation in the religion. Innovating a way or a method or a path that is other than the path of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Rather the way to follow the Sahaba is to make immediate tawbah and not to persist on that type of sin. Right? So this is considered to be a type of innovation into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following a way other than the, other than the way of the Sahaba. So therefore, a fourth way is that a person that he should avoid the major sins. And he should avoid persisting and repeating the major sins over and over and over again. And if he does this, then he will be honored in being able to drink from the hawd of the Prophet ﷺ. And we have some narrations from some of the scholars, from Ibn Abdul Bar, 
which, who summarized all of this, Ibn Abdul Bar, Rahimullah, he said, "Kullu man ahdatha fi din, fahuwa min al-matrudin an al-hud, al-khawarij wal-rawafid." That everyone who invented or innovated something in the Deen of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, he will be repelled from the hud, like the khawarij and the rawafid. Wasairi ashabi al-ahwa, and all of the people of desires. Wakadalika al-zalma, al-musrifuna fi al-jawri. And likewise, all of those who are oppressive, those people who fall into oppression, who fall into oppression, who are excessive in falling into oppression, and those who try to oppose and you know, oppose the truth, and those who openly commit the major sins. It says, all of those are the ones who are intended, they can be from those who are intended by way of this narration, meaning the narration of those who are expelled from the Hawd of the Prophet ﷺ. And with this, this brings us to an end of our discussion of belief in the Hawd of the Prophet ﷺ. And this brings us to an end of our lesson today. And this leads us to the next issue, which is the Sirat, the Sirat which is placed over hellfire and we see that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah here has mentioned the the major symbols of belief in Yawmul Qiyamah these are symbols the belief in the Mizan belief in the Hawd and belief in the Sirat and these three are the symbols of belief in in Yawmul Qiyamah so we will discuss that inshallah ta'ala in the next uh, lesson and with that we conclude our lesson today walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين